are. Voices in my head. I'm gonna give this another shot. Yep, that's Alexander. Introducing him for the first time to Voices in My Head. <laughs> He's not real happy right now. I'm not sure why. Oh, yeah, let us have it, buddy. Go ahead and make your debut. Hey, today's episode of Voices in My Head, I'm going to be talking about... Yeah, that's right, you tell him. I'm going to be talking about being a dad. And hopefully it'll apply to not just dads, but parents in general. And, <laughs> and I'm going to share a song that I... Okay, let me talk now. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna share a song that I, that I wrote for Alexander, my little boy. And it sounds like I need to tend to him now. So hey, welcome to this week's episode of Voices in My Head. Live from Springfield, Ohio, it's Voices in My Head, the official podcast of Rick James, and you're listening to Voices in My Head. If you hear this voice today, do not turn in the window. Hello and welcome back to Voices in My Head. I am your host, Rick Lee James, and I hope you enjoyed that uh, very short intro with my son, Alexander. He is nine weeks old this week, and uh, he doesn't do much more than that, really. He cries, kind of like you heard. Um, he sleeps, he poops, he pees, and um, sometimes he does them all at the same time. So it's a very interesting journey. Today is probably not going to be a terribly long episode because I don't know tons about parenting yet. To be perfectly honest, I've been a parent for about nine weeks, longer than that if you count while he was still in the womb. But let's face it, I didn't really do much at that time. I was just kind of sitting around biting my nails waiting for him to come out. And then he made his debut upon the world here he is, and now I'm going to share just some thoughts in my head about parenting Alex. And uh, I was going to have him sort of as my guest this week, but I'll be honest, by the time I finally got to record, here it is, it's midnight, and uh, just it's been a long day. So I'm going to tell you more about my day here in a few minutes. But big news, uh, Basement Psalms Live is now out, finally. After months of me telling you it was coming, it's finally here. You can buy it on DVD, you can get it on CD, uh, you can get the digital video if you go to getmopix.com. Uh, that means you can just download it and put it on whatever digital device you have, or you can watch it on your computer or your TV or however you have it set up. Uh, it's a great deal because right now for a limited time, you can get that video of the concert for only $5.99 at GetMoPix.com. Just go to GetMoPix.com, type in either my name, Rick Lee James, or type in Basement Psalms Live, and you'll be able to download that only $5.99 right now. Otherwise, you got to buy the physical DVD if you want to watch it. Uh, it's kind of difficult to get your movie out there, but Gitmo Picks has been very helpful to me and helpful to many other independent people trying to get their film out there. So it's really exciting. Um, I don't know if I have an entry in IMDb now or not, but... I officially have a concert movie out. I want to thank the people once again that helped to put that project out. John Finney, Out of Truth Records, and uh, Rick Stahl at Media Explosion, and so many of you that came out to make that evening possible. Um, I'm getting so many great comments and, and great reviews from people on it, so I really appreciate that. If you want to know more information, just go to rickleejames.com, or you can go ahead and order it right now or download it 
at rickleyjames.bandcamp.com and uh, more about that later. But Basement Psalms Live is officially out. Uh, it looks like they're going to be airing my interview um, that I actually aired last week on the show with some extras to it on the Sci-Fi Christian Podcast in the very near future. So if you want to hear some extras that we kind of left off of the interview last week here on my show, uh, Matt Anderson, the host over there, I believe is going to be running different parts of that. Uh, so uh, make sure and check it out. I appreciate their support and appreciate them helping out today. Um, I actually do have a question of the week this week. It was kind of late coming because life has been busy. But here it is. Let's get back to that favorite segment of the show, Question of the Week. Question of the Week. Question of the Week can be answered every week, at least on the weeks that I have it, over on our Facebook page for Voices in My Head. Also, uh, generally, you can go to rickleyjames.com. I haven't been putting it up as much over there because I just don't think people uh, read the question on that site near as much as they do on Facebook or Twitter. But here we go, because today is a parenting episode. The Question of the Week is... What is your most memorable moment as a parent? It can be funny, it can be gross, it can be happy, it can be sad, whatever it is. Just uh, wanted something that really stands out, something memorable. So here I am on our Facebook page. I'm looking at some of the answers. Uh, David Sanders, friend of the show, wrote in. He said, okay, I'm not a parent, but I think my favorite moment with someone else's kid was with one of my little refugee angels, an adorable little five-year-old girl from Nepal who loved making David Sir beautiful, which is what she called it when she styled my hair into unimaginable and hilarious configurations. So one day she was sculpting my hair, and she suddenly stopped, took a hold of my ear with both hands, and staring deeply, uh, staring into it deeply while twisting it this way and that, then she grabs my face, jerks it towards her so that she's eyeball to eyeball with me and asks with a most puzzled look on her face, David, sir, why you got beard in your ear? I laughed so hard my sides ache, as did her mom and auntie. I said, sweetheart, sometimes when people get as old as David, sir, they get beards growing in all sorts of places. So <laughs> thanks, David, and uh, we'll, we'll count that even though you're not a parent. Um, I, you know, uh, you're, you're close enough. You work with other people's children and things that you help out, but what am I saying? It's not close enough quite because until you actually are a parent, it's... It's a little different, but thanks for writing in. Uh, I appreciate it. That's a funny story. Debbie Ray, friend of the show and friend actually from North Carolina. Uh, Debbie, good to hear from you. Um, now, she makes reference to Adam, and Adam was a teen in my youth group way back in the day when I was a youth pastor in North Carolina. And Debbie says, when Adam drank pure bleach and tied detergent from the diaper pail when he was almost two. Ooh, that is scary my goodness wow that's uh that is memorable i'm sure um brandon sipes he he wrote in and said i'm not sure about most memorable but one of my favorites was a day when deasia was about 11 months old and she got very sick she was so tired that for 16 straight hours she slept on my chest all day long i just held her and uh that's very sweet brandon thanks for writing that in that would be a very memorable time Krista DeBoard Anderson, I think maybe first time uh, answer on the show for question of the week. Uh, Krista says, um, 
the birth. What could be more memorable? And uh, I've talked to Krista many times. We go to church together. Her husband, Mike, is the youth pastor at our church. And they're really a, a neat couple with a sweet little baby girl, Elizabeth. And uh, it's it's neat. I know Krista has talked many times about what a meaningful time that the birth was for her. So uh, that's cool. Thanks for sharing. And uh, what I think was actually our first answer this week, and I'm going to read it last, is probably my favorite one actually here on Voices in My Head. Um, Heather Fountain Moore, uh, she wrote in, she said, I gave Callum, her little boy, um, I gave Callum a home office playset for Christmas a few years ago. Calendar, mug, checkbook, tie, calculator, nameplate, etc. Shortly after receiving this, he presented me with a check. He said, good job cleaning, mommy. No, sorry, I messed it all up. He presented me with a check, and he said, good job cleaning the house, mommy. <laughs> so... Um, that's funny. Thanks, Heather. I appreciate that. And then, Heather, if you go to my, not the, uh, not the Voices in My Head page, but if you actually go to my Facebook page, she put a little picture of, uh, of the check, uh, that he wrote out to her. I'm actually fairly certain that those are not words that he scribbled on the check, because let's face it, he can't, uh, probably write at that age. But, um, yeah, what a great story. Um, man, hope my kid writes me a check one day. That'd be great. Well, I believe that's all we have this week on Question of the Week. I'm going to do one more quick check just to make sure nobody answered. Yep, looks like that's it for this week. Kind of a late question. It's kind of a late podcast, too. But thanks, everybody, for playing once again on Question of the Week. Well, today I decided I was going to talk about how to be a parent because, let's face it, I'm about nine weeks into being a dad and I just know everything about it. Um, wait, that may be exactly the opposite. I, I am nine weeks into being a, a new father, our little boy Alexander Grayson James, who is, you know, I think the cutest guy ever. Um, not that I think a lot of guys are cute, but as far as babies go, you know, he's a cute one. Um, but the opposite would be true. I don't really feel like I know very much at all. And uh, at the conclusion of the podcast today, I'm going to be sharing with you a song that I wrote for Alexander because I've been thinking about what it means to be a parent and what it means to be a parent that wants him to follow God with his life and wants him to follow in the footsteps of Christ. And uh, I just don't think that there's a lot out there uh, for us as parents. I mean, there's a lot of resources, but I want to share something with you that, you know, I, I hesitate to go too much to books, although I've read numerous books in preparation for being a parent. Um, if there's anything I do, it's read whenever I can, for sure. Uh, but I found a book that's actually not a parenting book, but it's been a very, very good book. And um, it's called I Am a Follower by Leonard Sweet, The Way, the Truth, and the Life of Following Jesus. And you know, if there's ever a time in your life you want to call yourself a leader, it would be as a parent at home. But in reading this book, which I, I really, really agreed with by Leonard Sweet, which is called I Am a Follower, and I hope to have Leonard on the podcast maybe in the near future where we can actually discuss this book more. In the book I Am a Follower, he talks all about what it means to follow Jesus and how a true leader is actually a follower, and that the sun does not actually rise and set with leadership, but actually it rises and sets with followership. That Jesus, that God, 
is the leader, and he is the only leader, and he does not surrender his authority to anyone. And so the best way that we can possibly live our lives is to actually uh, strive to be followers and strive in followership. And so um, what he says in this book that really stood out to me when I was thinking about like stuff that you can or cannot glean from parenting books uh, was this. Uh, if you have my edition of the book, it's on page 108. He says, The tendency is to toss in a pinch of scripture to the American dream stew and end up with little more than the oprification of scriptures. And I was thinking about that and I thought, wow, that that needs to get into my heart, into my mind, and my soul. Because I don't want to end up with the oprification of scriptures, and that, of course, being a reference to Oprah Winfrey. But really, I think that's what we often have made out of Scripture. Um, scripture does not have a lot to say about parenting. Um, I just know that because I, I think I know Scripture a little better than I know parenting. And, uh, you know, you have things in there that, you know, if you really uh, listen closely, it's it's difficult. I mean, the stuff that's in there about parenting, it's like... Um, you know, uh, children obey your parents. And I, I, I don't know, you know, at this point, um, you know, my son's not reading the Bible yet. Um, really, I could read it to him, but he's not taking much in. What's he going to do, read that? And, and I agree with my friend Brian Zahn that said, uh, you know, in a, in a message on parenting, he said, what are they supposed to do, read that? He said what they're really trying to say in that is parents make your kids obey, <laughs> you know, more than uh, just instructions to those kids. So I, I'm thinking about this whole idea of what it means to be a leader or a leader in my home and what it means to be a follower and how being a good follower is actually uh, a be the best way to being a good leader. And uh, one other thing that Leonard Sweet says in this book, he says, Contrary to what you may have heard or assumed, everything doesn't rise and fall on leadership. Maybe that is true in a leadership culture like those of Jim Jones, adult Hitler, Adolf Hitler, and Attila the Hun, but everything is different in a followership culture, which is what I am convinced the church is meant to be. And he says, leadership has led us to the place where everybody is trying to get everybody else to do something, and no one ends up doing anything. Um, that's Those are some very interesting words to think about. I know those are not parenting words specifically, and I, I have gone to a lot of parenting books, but... Um, I, the last thing I want to do is um, is lead my child away from Christ. I don't want to lead Alexander, nor do I want to lead my wife or lead anyone away from following Jesus. I don't want to lead them into the oprification of scriptures. Um, I said before there's not really a lot about parenting in scripture, but there is in the sense of, we live our lives to follow Christ, and we allow Christ to lead and to form and to guide us. Now, I'm only nine weeks into this thing. I know next to nothing. But what I do know is uh, after years of doing my very best to walk with Christ as he leads, uh, is I need to be the best follower that I can be. The best advice I know that I think I could give any parent today is follow God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. I think about the tra the things that we like teach children. Um, I don't want to teach my child 
the American dream. I, I want to teach my child the Sermon on the Mount. Um, I want to teach my child things, and, and I actually wrote this song because I've been thinking so much about it that I'm going to be sharing with you later in the show. Um, I want to teach my child to love in the way that Jesus loves. Um, if you go to the Sermon on the Mount, or what we call the Beatitudes, it seems like it is a um, a turning upside down of all the world and its systems, of all the things that um, that we have become accustomed to. Uh, we live in a certain culture, whether we want to admit it or not, whether we uh, try to be in it. If we're Americans and we've been living in America all our lives, um, we just are going to be American. Um, it's not something we strive to be. It's just something we are. And there are things about that, which is true of any country, not just of America. But in order to follow Jesus, there are things that we have to surrender. Um, you know, it, we we pledge allegiance to God as a Christian, and that's a whole new way of thinking when you become a believer and a follower of Christ. You have to start thinking about, okay, no longer um, does the sun rise and set, so to speak, with my allegiance to America. My allegiance isn't so much to America anymore because it would be divided. I have to give my full allegiance to God, to his kingdom. And so that means, you know, loving when someone strikes us rather than retaliating. If At least if we're going to take Jesus seriously. If you don't want to take Jesus seriously, you can start trying to justify and make up all of other kinds of things. But when we have the really the crux of Jesus' teachings on the Sermon on the Mount, um, which is where I'm going here, uh, we have to really be thoughtful about the way that we live our lives. Um, it's called sometimes the Beatitudes, but really the Sermon on the Mount is is where I want to go to today. Um, it's much more than just a sermon, really. Um, it's it's found in, in different places and different scriptures. Uh, but the Sermon on the Mount is the longest piece of teaching in the New Testament that we have. Um, and it occupies uh, chapters 5, 6, and 7 in the Gospel of Matthew. And it's not so much one sermon as the gospel writers sort of writing um, the full message of Jesus into one spot, kind of compacting it all together and just calling it a sermon sets up this narrative of where Jesus is kind of telling this in a sermon format. But there's so much there, and I want to look at it just a little bit today. So briefly, let, let me just look at the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, I'm going to start with Matthew chapter 5. We have these words blessed, which are often translated as, as happy. Um, I, I don't know if that is the, the greatest translation or not, because I, I just don't think that English does a very good job sometimes of uh, translating. But but Jesus is basically giving this thing of, uh, you know, happy are the people who do this, or blessed are the people who are this way. But then he tells all these things that seem pretty sad, you know, or things that people don't generally associate with happiness. Just to show you that the kingdom is the upside-down kingdom. It's the alternative kingdom, the way that we live. So um, he sits down to teach, and he says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. And, and already I'm thinking in my mind, like, why are those things blessed? Like, that doesn't seem like the way you teach 
a kid, you know, you want your kid to be happy and all. And Jesus is saying, no, you'll be better off if you mourn. Um, and and our, our, our attention should be peaked at this point. We should be thinking, what is going on here? Well, I, I don't understand what's happening, what's taking place. What These teachings are different and strange. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. And the meek, oh, I love that. Uh, I think that that word is one that does not sound like it's meaning. Everybody associates meek with weak. But we could talk about meek as actually being controlled power. If you think of someone who has an incredible amount of strength, and some little weakling walks up to him and spits in their face, the person who has incredible strength, let's let's say there was some like muscle-bound, huge, you know, brutish-looking guy, um, and the guy that spits in his face is just this little pipsqueak, the big guy could wipe this guy out for what he just did to him, but he does nothing. He walks away, just kind of wipes the spit off his face because he's been insulted in that way. He has the power. He could do something about it. He's probably even angry, maybe even hurt at what this person had done to him, but to walk away makes him meek. It makes him a person who has power but controls it, and I, I love that. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst. You know, it, it, it's you know for righteousness. But we hear Jesus' words, and again, Jesus is saying, happy are those who are hungry and thirsty, you know. And then he, he turns it around to, for righteousness. They will be filled. Uh, that's not how things work in the world. You know, being hungry and thirsty doesn't make you filled up. And Jesus is saying to hunger and thirst for things of righteousness means you will be filled up. He says, blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. In a militaristic culture, and even one like ours, this is not a popular thing. Uh, we are not told to seek mercy. We are told to seek justice and vengeance. And Jesus said, blessed are the merciful. I think about tragedies like just happened last year, and some even this year. All the, the shootings that have been happening in, in schools and in theaters. And um, I think of one person that and uh, the initial shooting uh, during the Dark Knight Rises that happened this past summer, the man that was a Christian that was in the hospital and from the hospital bed said he forgave the shooter and uh, and didn't um, want to show him anything but love and forgiveness because he was a follower of Jesus. I thought how countercultural that is, uh, that we would be merciful, and yet it's the teaching of Jesus Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. You know, the, the, the peacemakers, not the war makers. Um, you know, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Um, these are very interesting things Jesus talks about. Blessed are you, or happier you, you know, when people insult you persecute you falsely say all kinds of evil things against you you know that those kind of things do not a blessed person or a happy person make by our regular logic but he says when that happens to you because of me rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you and then he goes on to speak about being salt and light into the world and, and i could take a very long time and even just what i've already said and read about um, very interesting things, you know, when he talks about being salt and light in the world, he talks about a, the light of the world and a, a city on a hill that can't be hidden. Um, then he says, you know, don't think that I have come to a, abolish the law and the prophets. 
I've come not to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Um, I, you know, and it's a very interesting thing because a lot of people think, well, Jesus came and the Old Testament, you know, doesn't doesn't count anymore. He set up a new way. The fact is, we had gotten it wrong. Even in the Old Testament, you know, the, the, we we had gotten it wrong. Uh, Jesus is coming to show us the way. Um, the plan had never changed for God. The plan didn't change with Jesus. Jesus came to show us what the plan really looks like uh, all the way through. And that is for us to live in this upside-down kingdom in that way, that that truly is the kingdom of God. For I tell you, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. And he's speaking of that place here on earth, not an afterlife thing, as we talked a, a few uh, podcasts ago about and then he talks about murder and I think this is very interesting too this is something that our society again I'm talking about thinking of this as a parent and how I'm going to teach this to my kid it says you shall not murder and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment you have heard it said but I tell you anyone who is angry with a brother or sister and uh, will be subject to judgment anyone who says to a brother or sister raka or I hate you is answerable to the court, and anyone who says you fool will be in danger of the fire of Hades. Um, or I think it was actually Gehenna, which is the, the fire pit outside of town there. I don't think he's literally talking about hell there um, in the way that we often talk about it. But isn't that interesting that he actually is, is taking it very seriously? And he says in the next passage, he says, If you're offering a gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, Leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. Settle matters quickly with your adversary who is taking you to court. Do it while you're still together on the way. Or your adversary may hand you over to the judge. And the judge may hand you over to the officer. And you may be thrown into prison. Truly I tell you, you will not get out until you have paid the last penny. And he goes on to talk more about adultery, divorce, oaths, an eye for an eye, love for enemies, giving to the needy. He talks about how to pray, how not to pray. He mostly talks about how to pray in a group, and a very brief, brief moment he talks about what you do when you're in private when you pray, but mostly he's saying um, instructions on how to pray together as the body of Christ. Um, he talks about fasting, treasures in heaven, um, to, to not worry because God is watching out and watching over us, he talks about judging others, um, ask, seek, knock, the, na the narrow and the wide gates, true and false prophets, true and false disciples, the wise and foolish builders, and it, it just, you know, there's a whole lot there that I can't get into in all this time, but I'm already thinking as a parent, I don't want to teach my son an oprification of the Bible, as Leonard Sweet talked about in that book, I want to be such a follower that my son, that my wife, my friends, people around me want to be hungry and thirsty after something I have. Uh, I, I desire that. Um, everybody I know is sick to death of the American way, is sick to death of the way of other countries that would say an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, get all you can, can what you get, and then sit on the can, so to speak. Um, that is not the way of Jesus in this world. I'm not trying to say anything hurtful um, to anything like that, but 
I, I don't want to raise my son up to be anything less than a Christian. I don't want him to be anything less than Jesus in his life. And the fact is that following Jesus is just contrary to many of the ways and the rulers of this world. There's not necessarily anything uh, super wrong with the governments of this world, whether it be America or anywhere else. But, you know, they're, they're going to be bureaucracies. That's not the kingdom of God. That has nothing it you know if anything at all i i would say nothing to do with what the kingdom actually is the people of god um you know with a different sort of politic a different way of living together so i i'm really asking these questions when when this podcast titled how to be a parent came to my mind i thought well i don't have tons that i can share about how to be a parent um i can tell you what happened this morning i can tell you what i've done so far but what I can really tell you without giving you an Oprahfication of the Bible is to say, follow Jesus. Be a follower. That's the best way I can possibly think of to be a leader in my home or anywhere else is to be a follower and to follow Jesus. And that means we're going to have to take some stands that are difficult. And I don't mean taking the stands against things that we usually are told to take stands against. Um, I mean taking a stand against the things and for the things that Jesus is against and for, the actual things that he is against and for. And to actually live in the hope, you know, to remind ourselves that, that things are not hopeless, but things in this world are bright and there is a bright future. It doesn't matter that North Korea has threatened to launch missiles in America. Um, you know, I'm not scared by that. I, I don't, you know, it, it could happen. Even if it destroys everything, there is still hope because that is ultimately not the true authority. North Korea does not have true authority. The United States of America does not have true authority. England does not have true authority. Iraq, Iran, none of the governments of this world have any sort of authority compared to the authority of God. And I want to teach my son to live in that hope that it doesn't so much matter who the president of the United States is because God is sitting on the throne. That will never change not from the beginning of time till the end. And I want to teach my son that. I want to teach him to love and respect everyone. I want to teach him to be the kind of person that will be humble. I want to teach him to be a person who makes peace and not war. Um, but right now, we're not there yet. You know, this morning, I woke up, and we had so many blowouts in the diapers. Um, I'm thinking to myself, Lord, you've got to teach me how to do this because I'm getting frustrated as I'm changing my son's diaper, and, you know, then as soon as I put that one on, almost immediately, it's the one on him is dirty, and I've got to change it, and then i got to go to the crib and lay him down so I can go wash my hands, and then uh, he's screaming his head off, and I come back, he's dirty again, or he's spit up on himself, or something, and then he wants food, and then he won't sleep, and he needs sleep, and, um, you know, at this point, I, I'm asking God to do something in my life, saying, God, help me to be uh, the kind of person you would have me to be. You've told me that in order to enter the kingdom of God, I have to become like one of these. And when I think about Alexander, he is dependent on on me and his mother, people around him, for everything. When we had him baptized a couple weeks ago, it was just symbolic of that, that in our baptism, we cannot do it for ourselves. Our salvation is not something we can do for ourselves. And so my prayer as a parent is, God help me to be that dependent upon you 
I don't know exactly what that means. There's times that I think I do, but the fact is I just need you to do a fresh work in me and do it again and again and do it in those around me and help me to love in the way that Jesus has called me to love. Um, you know, help me to show Alexander that kind of love, even when I'm frustrated sometimes because, and he's frustrated, you know, he can't tell me what he needs. I can't, you know, get from him what he needs uh, sometimes. So it's all this guessing game a lot of times. And I, I take so much comfort in knowing that, um, that, you know, those things are not a mystery to our Lord. And I need to chill out sometimes and allow God to just live through me, to breathe through me, to work in me in these times when I don't know what to do. That's what being a, a follower is all about. God, help me to, to humbly submit myself to you in all things. Help me to teach my son not how just to love his friends and his families, but how to love his enemies, because I need to learn to do that. I need to model Christ before him, and there's only one way I can do that, and that's not necessarily to lead in the way that everybody says you need to lead, but the way of leading is by following. So uh, how to be a parent today? I know you probably expected or wanted something more profound when you see a, a title like How to Be a Parent, best thing I can do is point you to Jesus, point you to scriptures. And if you're a new parent like me and your baby cries a lot and cries sometimes when you want to sleep and sleeps when you want to cry, you know, uh, how that works. You know, think about like Psalm 8 when it talks about the, the little babies crying out. And the enemy is defeated by their praise unto God. And you ever think before that in some ways that these babies are crying out, that these babies are just doing what we should be doing? They need help. They need someone. And, and they need someone bigger than them and stronger than them and someone that can do for them what they can't do for themselves. Um, the little babies cry your name. The enemy is broken by their praise, as uh, I wrote from Psalm 8 into a song that's on my new Basement Psalms album. And I've been thinking a lot about that lyric since I have my little baby and, and we're trying to teach him in the ways that he should go. God, help me to be like that little baby, to learn to cry out your name, to not put up a front, but just to say, I am dependent on you, God, more than I know. Uh, I, I don't even know how to express. I am so far away from it that I've forgotten how to be a baby I've forgotten how to be a child sometimes and just admit I need you. And just admit I'm powerless. I don't have strength other than the strength you give. So uh, let our children teach us as we teach them about what it means to follow Jesus. Well, I promised you a song. Uh, I worked on it just before I did this podcast tonight. It's a kind of a, uh, a rough recording of a new song I wrote this week. Um, it's called Love Drawn Near. And uh, I hope you enjoy it. I hope that it's something meaningful, not only just if you have a son or if you're a father, uh, which is really what this song is about. I, I wrote it for Alexander for that reason. But um, I, I would hope that these things, which are a lot from the Sermon on the Mount in this song, that, um, that we could all glean these as parents and give these things to our children, that God would lead us and, and help us. Um, you know, to help them not only to walk, like that's something we're looking forward to is, boy, I can't wait till he's old enough where he can stand up and he can walk. But really what I think in my mind is I want him to know so much more than just how to walk. 
we all know how to walk it, it, you know if we're if we're able to do that some people have disabilities that keep them from that but most of us are able to walk and we take that for granted so i don't want him just to walk i want him to walk in the light i i want him to love god and i want him to love his fellow man i want him to somehow learn to love his enemies something i'm not very good at doing at times so i need to learn how to do that too and to let jesus live through so i'll end voices in my head today with this song and hope you guys have a great week thanks for listening we'll see you next week there's so much to learn as i'm watching you grow my son you're still a baby and there is much work to be done don't wait around for your life to begin your life has already begun So follow me, boy I'll help you learn all that you can There's so many steps on the road To becoming a man There will be days when I can't be around So listen as close as you can are the things I'm praying for you that I hope you'll understand. I want you to know more than just how to walk. I want you to walk in the light. Love the Lord God with your heart and your soul, with every last ounce of your mind. There will be doubts, there will be fears, but don't It's even for your greatest foes I want you to know more than just how to walk I want you to walk in the light Love the Lord God with your heart and your soul Every last ounce of your mind There will be doubts and there will be fears But don't let them
I'm here to pray that your heart will be full With a love that is faithful and kind Blessed is the man who will seek nothing less Than the kingdom of God in this life I want you to know more than just how to walk I want you to walk in the light To love the Lord God with your heart and your soul of your mind. There will be doubts and there will be fears, but don't let them ruin your way. Love is greater than fear. Love is greater than fear. Love is greater than fear. God is love drawn. been listening to Voices in My Head, the official podcast of Rick Lee James. If you'd like to know more about me, my ministry, my music, my life, go to my website at rickleejames.com. And I'd love this to be a community experience. So if you call 937-505-0162, you can leave feedback, you can give me suggestions for future shows, you can even record comments that I can play on the next podcast. So let's make this something really great together. 937-505-0162. Thank you so much for listening to Voices in My Head, the official Rick Lee James podcast. God bless.